Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two knucklehead pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. My name is Matt Hensley, and I'm the pastor of Mayhill Baptist Church in, you guessed it, Mayhill, New Mexico, and also the managing editor of Lifeway Pastors, a division of Facts and Trends. And I'm joined by none other than I'm Kyle Bierman, the pastor of First Baptist Church of Alamogordo, New Mexico and director of replanter development for the North American Mission Board. And we together bring a combined 33 years of ministry experience to the table. And uh, all we really have to show for it is 33 years of failures. That's right. And and so that's what we bring this to you for. So you can learn from our mistakes so you don't have to make them. Uh, But uh, today, you know, I would ask you how your family's doing, all that kind of stuff, but I really don't care. Yeah, we don't have time Uh, for that. We don't have time for that. Uh, We brought in the big gun uh, today. I don't know if you say big guns, if it's just singular, if it's just one person, but we brought the premier evangelist in the entire universe, Dr. Matthew Allen Queen. What is your I middle name? Matthew Burton Queen. Burton. Burton. Yeah, there oh. it is. Well, <laughs> Matt's just Matthew making up Queen. middle names for folks. So. Yeah, I, just, I always make yeah, up some middle names. Yeah, and uh, so, so we have Dr. Matt Queen on the show. Matt serves as the L.R. Scarborough Chair of Evangelism, also known as a Chair of Fire. Fire. Chair of Fire and as Associate Professor of Evangelism at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in the Fort of Worth, Texas. He evangelizes with students weekly through Going the Second Mile, an initiative to evangelize every household within a two-mile radius of Southwestern Seminary's campus. And uh, he's been a pastor. He's been an evangelist. He's been a revivalist. He has been a candy corn eater, I think. Do you like candy yes, corn? Sir. Okay, I'm do, an expert. You're an expert oh, of all, all right. things candy corn. Do you like the pumpkin spice latte? No, sir. Amen. So you are perfect for this episode of Not Another Baptist Podcast, where we're going to discuss, uh, as I, I think, probably your least favorite topic. You know, as a uh, as a hyper Calvinist, Doctor Queen, I, I doubt I doubt that you want to ever talk about evangelism. But but we thought we would take you out of your comfort zone today and make you talk about evangelism. How does that sound? Well, I, I love uh, I love evangelism, and I'm I've been looking forward to this conversation for quite a while. <laughs> I like how you didn't deny uh, the, <laughs> the and I'm not a hypercount. <laughs> there it is. Uh, there there it we is. we got there that on the record. No uh, so so we've we pulled out a couple of your uh, books or books that you helped put together. There's everyday evangelism. There's mobilized to evangelize. There's in you will be my witnesses. You also uh, put together a fantastic uh, tract uh, that that put every chick track to shame, uh, and uh, but but what we want to do today is just really talk shop about evangelism. Uh, but before we do, it's a new day on Seminary Hill, and we're grateful for our partnership with uh, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And since you're there, your boots on the ground in Fort Worth, uh, we thought we would just give you a chance to share what God is up to on Seminary. Hill, uh, kind of with the new semester underway, what what you're seeing, what you're excited about, all that kind of stuff. Just give us the state of the union address as the chair of fire for Southwestern. What's happening there? 
Well, it's, it's, it, it is uh, very exciting what's going on on campus uh, at the beginning of the semester. Um, as you know, we, um, we're real thankful for what God um, is, is doing among us. We have, uh, I've seen a lot of new students that I've met and uh, we, um, we, we actually started last week our evangelism initiatives. And uh, before it was even officially announced, other than maybe just word of mouth, we had a number of students that uh, came to um, uh, multiple uh, opportunities that we give uh, with different professors, not just in the evangelism mission school, but uh, in all the disciplines to go out and do uh, evangelism. And we had a really good um, usually the first the first time uh, you know when you when you come you don't know what you're going to have but we've almost every every semester we've had somebody uh, a lot of people come and, and get excited about that so evangelism is going uh, very well um, uh, right now we've we've had a really strong um, beginning of the semester with chapel with Dr Greenway and Dr Stinson today we had uh, Dr Stephen Rummage and, and if I may just um, uh, commend to the listeners to go on Southwest media and uh, um, listen listen to those messages and today dr. Rummage's message on intentional evangelism was just uh, was just uh, a message after my own heart so we've, we've had some really good chapel services there's a lot of excitement uh, on board uh, here on the on the campus and so things are going really really well here and we're thankful to God for his blessing on seminary Hill Nice. We are glad to hear that for sure. Uh, Kyle, any chance you're going to get a uh, second D-Men no. at Southwestern? No. no. What about no, a PhD? No. We no. would love to have you do that. Well, uh, and um, I'm sure I'm sure you'd be willing at least to pray about that, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. I, I, will, I will pray about it, but I, I, I have felt the Lord and my wife saying that my education is done. <laughs> Um, so, to whom will you be praying? Then? <laughs> You've already made your decision. Yeah. Now, we would love to have anybody, and, and, and uh, Dr. Spearman, we would love to um, have an opportunity in any way we can to, to partner with you in any kind of educational endeavor, if the Lord was to open that up. Yeah. Well, in, in Matt's excitement about Southwestern, um, usually the first question that we ask our guests is to introduce themselves, to tell a bit about themselves and a bit about their family. And, and Matt just gets so so giddy and so excited about Southwestern that he had you uh, jump right in. I'm and, contractually and talk about obligated the, and, and, to, and, and, <laughs> to make the switch plug. So, so I will ask, Dr. Queen, tell us about uh, who you are and about your family and about how you uh, wound up at uh, Southwestern. And how one of your daughters is absolutely smarter than me, as evidenced from my first doctoral seminar with you. <laughs> Ooh, I've not heard this one. I'm excited well, about first, this first. first and foremost, I am a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ, my Lord. Uh, at the, uh, I was brought up in a Christian home, uh, but at the age of seven, on a Sunday night, the pastor was preaching. I fell under conviction. And uh, after the service, uh, he uh, shared the gospel with me. And uh, I placed my faith in Jesus Christ, uh, repenting of my sins. And I'll never forget, uh, whenever, I, whenever I experienced salvation, I was so excited. Uh, I ran up the aisle, out the aisle, uh, out to uh, where the kids were playing uh, uh, tag. And I had my hands, uh, and I was telling everybody, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. And I wanted a microphone to be able to tell everybody what Jesus Christ had done for me, and I've just not gotten over that. Um, I um, went through um, I went through high school, went through uh, college, uh, was called into the ministry uh, right before my first semester. I'm a, I'm a drummer and was going to go uh, to school to get a, a, a bachelor's in music and percussion. And uh, um, the semester, a few days before the semester began, 
uh, in a church, I surrendered to the call of ministry. And uh, so I did the semester and then transferred uh, to uh, another college in North Carolina. I did my bachelor's in religion. I then went to Southeastern Seminary and did my Master of Divinity there and also worked on my Ph.D. But the greatest thing at Southeastern uh, Seminary was that in my second semester, her first semester, I met Hope Walters from Statesville, North Carolina, in evangelism class with Danny Forshee. And uh, we were in that class. We were also in the Old Testament together. We ended up, uh, I asked her out on a date, our first date. Uh, I said, what do you like to eat? She says, chicken. So uh, I said, well, there's a good Baptist. <laughs> and uh, I, took, I took her door-to-door evangelizing with me on our first date. And after we evangelized, we went to Chick-fil-A. And uh, uh, I, <laughs> I had people there who, uh, uh, who worked there. And so when we came in, it was almost like uh, sitting down at a nice restaurant. They sat us down. They took our, our orders at the table. We had roses there and all that. And the rest is history. So we got uh, we got married, and we have two children um, uh, here on this earth. We have one that's in heaven with the Lord. We have our oldest daughter, uh, Madison. She is 14 years old, almost 15. She's going into ninth grade. Uh, we had a son, but he died uh, um, before he was able to be born, and so he was still born, and he's with the Lord right now, a lot better off, William Burton. And then our, our youngest daughter, she is uh, seven, getting ready to turn eight at the end of this month. And her name is Mattia. And so that's a little bit about the family. Uh, I, whenever I um, uh, uh, finished my Ph.D., I was a associate pastor of evangelism discipleship in Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, uh, um, whenever I was there, um, I got a call in January of 2010 um, from uh, Dr. Patterson, who was the president, and he asked me to come and be on the faculty. And so I came. I'm starting my 10th year. And uh, just, I, I really feel like I'm doing exactly what God's created me for. So, well, uh, another question that we like to ask is your most embarrassing moment in the uh, pulpit, and then we will uh, dive into some evangelism stuff. But Kyle wants to hear the story about your sweet daughter being smarter than Matt Hensley. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> With so, everything well, that's I in had, me, uh, I, I want to hear the story. Was an excellent student uh, this this summer. Again, my second time having him in class, but this time, first time in the doctorate ministry. And it was a class on biblical foundations for evangelism. And uh, the last day of class, uh, my wife uh, had an appointment where I had um, my oldest daughter. Um, I, she, she was there with me. And so uh, she came in the last uh, few hours, I guess, of the class. And uh, um, she was in there. And so I was going over some, uh, some of the assignments and some of the writing. And we were, we were, we were going over with all the students uh, their, their proposed dissertation thesis. And, I mean, Matt just blew, blew it out of the water. But she, uh, my daughter was trying to help him a little bit with his uh, writing skills. So yeah. I think that's probably what he's referring to. Matt, Matt is terrible at uh, active and passive voice. But what was, oh, yeah. what was the word that she knew that I didn't know? Do you remember? A, a pronoun with no antecedent? Yeah. I didn't have a clue what that meant or something. That she she explained it to me yeah. in the so middle it, of class. You know, it, it, there's a popular voice, and Matt is, and, and Kyle, you are too. I've read your stuff. You guys are, are great at, at uh, writing in the popular voice. And then when you're in, you have an academic voice, you've got to really try to um, be Sounds void smart. of any kind of bias. And yep. so you know, you, you, you've always heard in seminary you're not supposed to write in first person. Well, one way that people get away from doing that is they'll say uh, instead of saying. 
uh, I think it's important they'll say it is important, which is saying the same thing. It's just not using first person. So that's what the pronoun no antecedent yeah, is. Yeah. Is where you have a pronoun with no antecedent, it or there is something like that, which is really you're the one who's saying it. And his his daughter graciously explained that to me from across <laughs> the table. Like what he's trying to say is blank blank blank, and she explained everything. I'm like, oh my gosh. So it was awesome, and and it helped so, me. I, so, it, so so what you're saying is that pastors need a refresher on the English language from time to time. Yeah. That, that, that's what you're arguing for here. I would, I would say that, and, and uh, Dr. Beerman, I would say to you that you could get that at Southwestern Seminary. <laughs> well, well so, done. So well a, done. enough on making me look like a complete and total fool when it comes to writing. No, I'm just kidding. You See, I will say this, that Dr. Queen will put you down in the most encouraging way. <laughs> like, you are a fantastic, well, a student, man, popular and, and writer, terrible at academic. That's basically what he said. No, uh, Dr. Queen has been an encouragement to me uh, from the very beginning of literally the, the very first class that I took at Southwestern and then my very first class of the D-Men. And I couldn't think of a better professor to, to have in this guy uh, in class mm-hmm. uh, at the very end was, was not willing to just say, hey, I'm going to pray for you when our uh, three foster kids went home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but pulled me aside and prayed for me and uh, was willing to uh, to give me quite a bit of grace, I think, when it came to that final exam because I was an utter mess. And uh, that was when I learned that some sometimes there, there are seminaries that I'm sure have uh, great professors, academic, all, all of that kind of stuff, and, and you are that as well, but you're also, uh, you have a pastor's heart. And uh, and you come along and, and shepherd these uh, these students in the middle of life because over the course of a semester life happens and uh, you're there to, to help pick up the pieces as well and so I'm grateful for for that and uh, and I would have probably quit seminary if my first mm. professor was Dr. Kiker but instead I had you <laughs> and uh, and so so I'm grateful for that but uh, but enough of uh, enough of the southwestern plugs and all of that we love southwestern we love you we want to talk evangelism and uh, you love evangelism you uh, you probably wake up in the morning just ready to get out of bed you don't need to even need coffee because you're ready to tell somebody about Jesus and so tell us how we can get to that point of making evangelism just that everyday kind of as effortlessly as breathing and blinking that we want to go out and tell some people about Jesus Christ walk, walk us through why evangelism is so important to you yeah, well, evangelism is important to me because at, at the earliest age that I remember uh, after being a Christian, my dad was a deacon at our church, and he took me uh, evangelizing with him door to door. And uh, um, so early on, I, I began to do evangelism and my, because my father and my church actually expected it uh, from, from uh, the, the members. And so I began to do it then. I evangelized uh, during... Um, during school, uh, whenever I was in middle school and high school and elementary school, so I think I think it's important to me because I had a model for it. And one thing that I would just really like to to, to see in our Southern Baptist Convention is, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, students that we get in our uh, uh, you know schools here in any of our seminaries, you know, a number of them have never had that kind of model in the home that 
they see their parents evangelizing or even if their parents take them to go evangelizing. At least in my, in my case, I've not seen a lot of students that have had that. So I'm hoping to see a change in that where our students, and it's very, very cool with our opportunities here, um, our parent, the parents of student, uh, uh, our students who are parents who have children, they're taking them to go out and do evangelism as well. So I think one of it, it there's a model for it, um, and, and I think that's, uh, that goes without saying. But a lot of people have not had that model. A lot of people maybe didn't grow up in a Christian home. So I would say, you know, one of the, one of the keys for me and I think for anybody is, is what Paul says in Galatians, walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, being controlled by the Spirit. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm fond of saying that if you spend time with Jesus, you can't, sp- you can't help but uh, spend time telling others about Jesus Christ. And so part of my quiet time, part of my um, just a time with the Holy Spirit and Him working His uh, sanctification out in me, um, you know, the more I spend time learning about Jesus, the more I want to tell people about Jesus. So that's, that's another contributing factor, I guess, to my evangelism. And I think it is to anybody who truly is consistent and persistent in their evangelism. And then the last thing I would say is uh, you've got to plan it. Um, evangelism never, ever occurs on accident. Now, it sometimes happens when we don't expect it, right? Uh, but it never happens on accident. It uh, is always a product of us making a decision. So whether that's putting it on your schedule and, you know, you're planning it that way, or if you're in the middle of a, a situation and you have that prompting by the Holy Spirit, again, being led by the Spirit, was, which is what I was referring to, and the Holy Spirit says, share the gospel with that person, you've got to determine, I'm going to share the gospel with that person. You know, I have a lot of people say, I, I would only evangelize if I knew how to start the conversation. I promise you, if you will determine that you're going to share the gospel with somebody in whatever the situation, you will be able to come up with a transition to the gospel. Uh, so it's not about learning skills so much as it is determining to share the gospel. So I think those three factors, having a model for it, someone uh, that, that kind of pours into you with that, I think uh, most importantly is the Holy Spirit and walking in the Spirit and being led by the Spirit, learning more about Jesus so you can tell more about Jesus, and then also that determination, that intentionality in um, making that decision that you're going to be obedient to the Great Commission every day. And, and uh, you, you may have kind of already answered this, but my, my question was, you know, for a pastor, since we talked at the beginning about um, the pastor being the lead evangelist in, in a church. So, so if there's mm-hmm. a pastor who's listening to this and say, you know, I, I agree with that. That's probably something I need to be doing, but it's something I'm not doing or haven't been consistent in. Where would you tell him to start? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So I think uh, part, I think you start with having a conversation with God and whether that's in your quiet time or whether that's right after you watch listen to this podcast and just have a time with the Lord and say Lord I know I'm supposed to be doing this you know what my schedule looks like Lord you know the demands that are upon me you know the fear that I have in this but Lord I know your spirit is calling me and your work calls me to do this and Lord I want to ask that you help uh, build within me a lifestyle uh, to uh, be intentional in my evangelism. And uh, I believe, I mean, you can say, if it's your will, but I think it is his will. Yeah. You don't even have to say that. <laughs> yeah. And just begin to pray that. So I think that's step number one. Step number two, um, when I was in seminary, I was in, um, I went at Southeastern, which is in Wake Forest. Right outside of Wake Forest, there's a little town called Zebulon, the town of friendly people is what they call themselves. And I was a, I became a pastor there. 
And when I went to, to that church, um, you know, I didn't have anybody. I didn't have any major personal evangelist in there. And I was the only guy that, uh, you know, was really committed to it. And so what I did is I went to some of my deacons. And in, in fact, uh, two of the deacons of the four that actually did this with me, two of them were two of the three people that voted against me, <laughs> you know, to be a pastor. And <laughs> which were the vice chairman and the uh, chairman of, of the trustee uh, of the deacons. But I went to, to those guys and I went to two of the deacons and I said, listen, um, I, I, you know, I know uh, I'm young at this. I know you know this area a lot better than I. But here's what I'm asking you. Would you just go with me? You know, just just help me along. Would you just go with me and be with me as we go do evangelism? And it wasn't anything planned. It wasn't anything. It wasn't a structured program. But those men were willing, because I humbled myself, those men were willing to go with me. And when we would go, I would evangelize people. And then I got to the point where I would say, hey, why don't you introduce us and then I'll evangelize. Hmm. And then I got to the point where I said, hey, why don't you just try to take this one? And so um, I got those guys to the point where they then were taking other people out. And then I found some other guys that I was taking. So I think the thing is, you know, a lot of times we, as a pastor, we think we want the whole church to evangelize. And we do. And by the way, God does too. But it's not always going to happen like that unless there's some sweep of revival. I think you have to start off with just a couple. So I think identifying whether or not they've evangelized or they have any skill in it or not, identifying a couple of willing people who will go with you. Because not only will you be able to help them and ultimately help the church do this, but they're going to keep you accountable. So I think, at least in my life, that's what's helped me be an an intentional, consistent pastor and actually help lead our church uh, in in evangelism and lead the way in evangelism. Okay, so... You get to the door, you knock on it, and on the other side of the door is a shotgun. What do you do? <laughs> you pray awful hard. <laughs> so, so share. You know, we we talked about kind of having the uh, the most embarrassing moment, perhaps the closest you ever got to to glory <laughs> or to or to God was a uh, was a recent outing that you had of uh, some some evangelism. Uh, if you don't mind, I know you've written about it, and and we'll link to the uh, the full story. Uh, kind of tell us what what happened with. I guess we might could call it the scary evangelism opportunity you had yeah so I took uh, I had a couple of students that were with me and we were on the south end there's a south street that uh, kind of ends the property here at Southwestern and so we were just going down the street about a block away from the seminary and uh, you know we went to one house we didn't you know we didn't have too good of a visit but we did share the gospel the second house we actually saw somebody come to know the Lord which was really great we were on a spiritual high we got down to four houses after that and came to a group of men who had just gotten off work. And they were getting ready to uh, partake in, they, they hadn't yet, but were getting ready to open up some recreational beverage. And so we wanted to share the gospel with them while they still had their their, their uh, wits about them. And so I went up to them and I said, hi, my name is Matt. And then I introduced the two students. And I said, we're from the school just right across the road. You can see it right there, Southwestern. And we've just come to tell you how you can have peace with God through Jesus. And uh, all of a sudden, when I said that, all those guys, big men, uh, standing around a truck, some of them sitting in the bed of the truck, they all started laughing at me. <laughs> and I thought, well, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, they're laughing. How am I going to gain control of this? So I, 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 I thought, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to gain control. So I looked at the biggest one of them, and I kind of just directly looked at them. I said, is that funny? 
And all of a sudden, when I said that, I looked down in his lap. He was sitting in the back of the truck, and there was a gun on his lap. And I said, you're going to think this is funny. And so, you know, I, I don't own a gun, uh, but I thought, you know, I've got two guns on my arm, but they're not loaded, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they weren't loaded that day. And so I said, what am I going to do? And I said, I've got a faint interest. And so I just said, man, you're not going to shoot me with that, are you? And he says, no, man, this is a BB gun. I said, well, BB that thing behind you. I want to tell you about Jesus. So, <laughs> Uh, good thing was I got to share the gospel with all those men, even after the laughing and after the gun and all that stuff. Uh, none of them came to faith in Christ, but it was successful because lost men heard the gospel. Yeah. And uh, um, and who knows what God's going to do with that seed afterwards. But that was kind of my scariest evangelism encounter. In and two two of the things that you have taught in class have have stayed with me for for all of these these years, and and then a posture uh, stayed with me as well. But one of them, and I may not get the uh, the quote exactly right, but uh, if you know enough of the gospel to be saved by it, you know enough mm-hmm. of it to to share it. That's one uh, that you I think even have as your your cover photo. That if we know enough of the good news to to have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Then, then we know enough of it to to be able to mm-hmm. mumble through something uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit with somebody else, exactly. and and so that that should give just about anybody uh, some encouragement to say, hey, I I know that Jesus died for me, and and at the end of the day, I can I can get that out, you know, to somebody else. The uh, the the other one uh, just spaced on me. I just. <laughs> I'm like I was about to roll off the other one, and I just lost my train of thought. But but I will say that what uh, w- one of the things that you walk through uh, in in class changed me from being passively accepting of opportunities mm-hmm. to share the gospel and more actively looking for them. You know, before I might be studying for a sermon at the uh, you know the local Starbucks uh, back home or here at Plateau Espresso or up at the Mayhill Cafe. You know, my my past Matt would just you know if somebody asked a question about the bible yeah i'm working on a sermon and i may or may not you know do you know what that means you know something like that but now it's i'm looking for those opportunities because of that class uh but i did remember the uh the other thing you uh you said in class and that is that they're not rejecting you uh that you know we like to be liked and and you know we like to think that we're winsome people and between the three of us i think we are the most winsome people in america between kyle (laughs) beerman and matt queen and matt hensley I would agree. With uh, that. But uh, you know, how could somebody <laughs> say no to our compelling sharing of the gospel? Uh, mm. But but the the reality is is they will, yep. and uh, they're not rejecting. And most will. And yeah. most will, yeah. And they're not rejecting Matt Queen. They're not rejecting Kyle Beerman. They're not rejecting Matt Hensley. Uh, we we have to remember that there's there's greater warfare going on uh, than just our telling of the gospel. And uh, and that was one of the most encouraging things in the class uh, that you made the point of numerous times, I think, is that we're we're only to be ambassadors. We're to go out and to tell them how they can be saved. And uh, and at that point, it's really up into the realm of the spiritual and, and the mm-hmm. warfare that's going on there. And uh, and that, that was something that stayed with me from the very beginning of our time together and our friendship together. And so I'm grateful for that. Amen. Uh, as, yeah, I, th- I think those two things... Um, one thing is, in the past, in the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, and I have benefited from this process, but when we've done evangelism uh, training, we always give people something to memorize, an outline or something like that. 
And at least, I don't know what it, I don't know if you guys have had this uh, in your uh, pastorates, but when I was a pastor, the hardest thing to do was to get people to do evangelism training. And the number one reason they gave me is I can't memorize all that. I don't know if y'all ever had anybody uh, kind of associated evangelism with memorization. And so as as I looked, I mean, you look in the book of Acts, and no, there is no evangelism training. I'm not against evangelism training. I'm a four. I do it. But the thing is, is they didn't have to be certified to share the gospel. Mm. They just had to be saved to share yeah. the gospel. And so if you know enough of the gospel, as you said, to be saved, then the, the good news is you know enough to share with somebody else. So really, our problem in our churches and with ourselves is not a knowledge problem. It's not that we need to know more. It's not that we be, need to be certified more. It's that we need to... Uh, we, we need to... to, to be obedient more, more obedient. It's yeah. an obedience problem, not a knowledge problem. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think uh, I, that, that's something that's really uh, at my heart. And, and related to rejection, you know, I know some people, I've heard some people say, well, success in evangelism is when somebody gets saved. Well, for God, I mean, you know, although God's always successful, so can we really call it success? Because success also means you can fail. No, God can never fail. So it's really not success if somebody gets saved. We want to see that. That's the aim. But really, success in evangelism is just sharing. It yeah. is, is being obedient. Yeah. yeah. Well, as as we get ready to wrap up, um, we, we we've mentioned your books here, uh, and you'll be my witnesses. Mobilize to evangelize everyday evangelism. Where can our listeners find those if they are so interested? Yeah, they can find those on Amazon.com. Just look those up um, uh, on Amazon, or you can also go to SeminaryHillPress.com. And you can get those. And if, if any of those are helpful for your church, um, uh, if you want to do a, some kind of a study or something like that with those books, uh, Seminary Hill Press uh, has given a discount. If you buy 24 or more, you get them half off. And that's on any of the books on Seminary Hill Press, not just my books. Cool. And and while you're at Amazon buying Dr. Queen's books, you can also buy Replanting Rural Churches by <laughs> myself and Matt Hensley, which is endorsed by Dr. Dr. Matt, Matt Queen. Queen. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. That's right. And I think I was the first one to get the endorsement. In you sure were. <laughs> you sure were. Uh, as you know, Kyle mentioned, we're about to wrap up. Uh, just to throw a little bit of conviction on you before we wrap up. Outside the work and power of the Holy Spirit, a church's pastor is the most influential factor Mm -hmm. upon its effectiveness in evangelism. No church will exceed its pastor's passion for and practice of evangelism. Likewise, no church will succeed in evangelism if its pastor fails to practice and have passion for evangelism. That is from the introduction of Mobilize to Evangelize and also the only thing that uh, Kyle read from that book. Uh, and uh, But it, it is a very true statement. And, uh, and we hope that some of this maybe whet your appetite for grabbing those books and being encouraged to at the at the end of the day, just if you know your testimony and you know uh, that that you know the John three sixteen and a few verses, man, you can get out there and and share the gospel. And uh, as 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 a uh, recipient of a few of these opportunities. The other thing you can do to be faithful to share the gospel is go anywhere with Dr. Matt Queen because he will set you up for those things. Uh, but as we do prepare to wrap up, I, I'm going to put you on the spot, uh, Dr. Queen. Mm-hmm. Give us the top five intro statements. Like what? what is the transitional statement mm-hmm. to go from just hello to here's the gospel. Give us your top five 
transitional statements to get from a introduction to somebody to a gospel presentation? What are, what's your top five? Okay. Well, number one is, uh, you know, if I can't if I can't think of anything else to communicate or to, to kind of c- connect uh, my conversation of the gospel world with somebody is, I just kind of sit down and um, I, I just say, has anyone today um, taken the opportunity to tell you of God's great love for you? Mm. And that one has been, God has really used that one. It's not a magical one, but mo- most times, almost 95% of the time people say no. And I say, um, may, may I take a moment just to share that with you? Mm-hmm. And to God's grace and to His, His Spirit's power, I've never had someone say no whenever I've asked that second wow. question to that to that one. So it's not magic, but um, I think people are a lot more willing to hear the gospel today than uh, believers are to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. So uh, that good. that's one that I use uh, a whole lot. Um, if I'm at a door, um, uh, you know, doing knocking on a door, instead of you know. Um, you know, pr- prolonging uh, some kind of introduction. I just basically say, you know, my name's Matt, and this is Matt and Kyle, and we're from, uh, you know, Southwestern Seminary, just in the neighborhood today, and trying to tell people how they can have peace with God through Jesus. And then I just go into, the, you know, the Bible says uh, in a real just uh, natural way and keep on sharing the gospel until I get to the end or until they stop me from, yeah, <laughs> from uh, going on. Um, let's see here. Um, you know, th- those are the two. I, I don't have five. I, I guess I, I failed the test because those are, those are the two that I use the most. The yeah. other ones really are based on, uh, I guess, uh, transitions are based on, for me on what I've what I've picked up from that person whenever I've yeah. hmm. you know uh, yeah. engaged them in conversation or something that I see. You know, if they got family or if they're sad or something like that, I you know, try to use, uh, you know, kind of the situation that I see in front of me. So th- those two are my go-tos. I, I, I don't have three others right off the bat. Uh, so you can give me a, you know, a, a 70 a Well, I'm, on that. I'm just going to call Dr. Greenway and say we need a different chair of fire, one that actually has five <laughs> well, transition I, statements. I tell you, what, you know, one of, one of the great things about uh, having Dr. Greenway as our president is he uh, is an evangelism professor. Yeah. And it is just such an honor to have him and Dr. Bradford uh, to be able to serve with them. They teach me so much. And uh, I bet you if you were to ask Dr. Greenway, he could get you five. Yeah. <laughs> well, my I, I've I've put it on an episode before. I had a transition statement where I walked up and a guy was getting ketchup at the uh, Burger King uh, counter, and I said, "Do you like ketchup?" And uh, they're like, "Yeah." I said, "Well, can I tell you? Do you do you consider yourself to be a uh, a good person?" And I went through the way of the master. And, uh, but but so I found I found our common ground was That's we both right. like ketchup, and then I jumped right into the uh, good wow. person test, and uh, it was the most awkward. Transition of my life, uh, but I was faithful. Well, the one that so. Dr. I was on a, a, a elevator one time with Dr. Kiker, and a lady from the postal service came on, and I had no intention on. We were visiting our pastor, and I had no intention of sharing the gospel. Not that I didn't want to, but I just I was so focused on trying to minister to my pastor, and the Holy Spirit said, "Share the gospel with this lady." And I mean, we only had a few floors, and I thought, "What am I doing?" I said, "Oh, you work for the United States Postal Service. You deliver messages to people, right?" She said, "Yep." And I said, well, guess what? I've got a message from God for you. 
That's outstanding. Wow. You're my hero. That wow. is awesome. That's good. So, well, we have enjoyed this, but it is uh, it is time to hop off the uh, train. And uh, your challenge today is uh, to, as uh, as Doctor uh, Rummage said in chapel today, when you pray for open doors, you need to learn to pray with your eyes wide open. So, if you're praying for opportunities to share the gospel, be looking for them and ready to uh, to take them. But it is time to jump off the train. We went a little longer than normal, but we also had a, a special guest that uh, was encouraging us as we went along, and, uh, and we're grateful for his books, Mobilize to Evangelize, and You Will Be My Witnesses. Be looking for the next one that's coming out, and You Will Be My Heretics. Uh, that is uh, 31. Uh, no, uh, that that will not be from Seminary Hill, uh, but uh, but uh, maybe, <laughs> but uh, and also Everyday Evangelism, And uh, but you can also find these on Amazon.com or on Seminary Hill Press. And uh, you can find us on Facebook uh, at Not Another Baptist Podcast, on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast. You can find Dr. Queen at, uh, at Dr. Matt Queen, right? That's correct. On uh, on Twitter, and and if you want some daily encouragement from him, he's a great follow, and uh, and check him out on on there. We're also grateful for our partnership with the CSB, uh, that is both readable and accurate, and uh, you can find out more about that at csbible.com. But until next time, Kyle, see if you can pull this off correctly <laughs> without any mention of the pumpkin spice latte because we have such a great guest with us. Don't may, ruin it. May your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel that you faithfully proclaim through evangelism. As you go. As you go. Witnesses. <laughs> yep, that's right. All over the world. That's right. Thank you, Dr. Queen. Thanks, have Dr. a great Queen. day. Thank Thanks you. for listening. Uh, bye-bye.